Hello, this is Brian Leo, and I'm here with Lauren Erdrich. It's uh, March 19th, 2023, and Lauren Erdrich currently has a solo exhibition at Shrine Gallery in New York City, located at 179 East Broadway. And the show opened on February 25th, and it runs to uh, or through March 25th or to March 25th. So that's that's closing on Saturday. Yeah. All right. So in a certain light, your solo show at Shrine Gallery, um, would you like to describe it uh, briefly? Yeah. Um, first, thanks for having me. Um, in a certain light is my first uh, in-person solo presentation with Shrine. We did a online show during the pandemic. Then I've done art fair with them um, this past fall. So this is my first in-person solo with them, and which is wonderful. And it's comprised of um, paintings that are all figural, and they are really focusing on like how these beings kind of take up space. That's the shortest answer. Right. And uh, there is also one ceramic sculpture on oh, yeah. view as well. There is. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I remember when Shrine, I think, did they have an open call submission at one point during the pandemic where they were asking for artists to submit for the online? Not um, sure. Okay. Um, I don't, I think what Maybe they, I'm getting it confused with another space. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, they just, uh, Scott, the owner and director of Shrine, reached out to me um, maybe about a year and a half ago or so. Right. And you you briefly mentioned the art fair that you were part of. And that that is actually the Armory show, right? It was and the I Armory. Saw, I saw it. I saw it. Yeah. And I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah and it was. Um, that's That was 2022, right? Yep. September 2022. Congratulations. So, yeah. Thank that's, you. You know, um, that's, that's huge. Um, so um, how long have you been producing these these paintings or I, I know that at one point um i your instagram is great by the way it's uh with hash well, it's it's okay lauren right that's your handle uh, so um there's so much content and um and your text i think describes uh moments and periods that you're experiencing and i there was something that i caught on instagram and it talked about how i think before 2017 or 16 your, your work was previously like a done on on paper um yeah primarily yep that's true um i had worked on canvas you know in undergrad um but due to a lot due to circumstance you know i was moving around a lot in my like 20s and i also didn't have any money for supplies so it was quite uh easy comparatively to working on canvas um to work on paper with watercolors. I mean, I was using like children's watercolors for a while, you know, anything I could. Um, but it's always been, my love has always been for water-based materials. Uh, so watercolor ink, you know, now moving into dye, even high flow acrylics, you know, things like that. Yeah, that's uh, a, a quality that I I noticed again from the, the show at Shrine Gallery. It's, um, I mean, there's no caked up paint or gestural strokes it's like it looks like it to me i just it looks like it's bleeding through like a dye it is a dye i mean yeah so that process I, your scale of work also now um if 
you know, going through your Instagram pieces and your studios um, shots, there there are a lot of like six foot or five feet, like five foot pieces now that you've been working on. Right now, my biggest is 72 by 66 inches, um, though that's not my favorite. My favorite is 52 by 56. I like a little bit off of a square. So a square doesn't work for me. I still want it to be either a profile or, or a landscape, but something somewhat close. So it's not, I feel like when I have a, like a true rectangle, let's say like with one side a lot longer than the other, it really dictates like what's going in. Whereas when it's a little closer to a square, I can kind of use either direction, either portrait or landscape and kind of work it. It, it seems somehow seems like a more gentle size for me to paint on yeah. than like, I don't know, an elongated rectangle. Oh, I, yeah, that, that is interesting. Do you, so that means that do you, um, you, sh you create your own frames or you, you choose the dimensions and build the frames and stretch? I don't, at this point, I'm not making them myself. So I hire somebody to make them. Mm -hmm. And I really love how he makes the frames or the stretcher bars or whatever the proper word mm -hmm, is because mm -hmm. they're lightweight. So that really works for me because I'm constantly um, turning them basically around in my studio. I'll turn things upside down. I'll turn things, you know, like 90 degrees until it kind of clicks for me. And I also, why I love... Um, basically these stretchers versus ones that I can get at a at a art store is that the edges have been sanded, which because I paint on muslin primarily now, which is a thinner cotton, it's a tight weave, but it's a thinner cotton. I just want to be careful that I'm, there's nothing like that's going to create some sort of hole in the fabric. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure. I, I, I imagine that a, a I'm not sure if you had described it to me once because this is our second time meeting, but it, was there ever a point where you were working with the, 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 the canvas or the muslin on the floor and then you'd stretch it onto yeah. frames, but, but the ones that you are commissioning um, from this framer, are, are they, are, are the, are the, is the canvas or muslin already on the uh, frame? Um, no. So I just get the, I just ask for the frame. Okay. Um, and cause you're right. So, usually my paintings start unstretched. Um, so I will work flat on the floor, basically on a drop cloth. Um, and I'll work unstretched. And throughout this beginning part of the process, I will, you know, flip the quote unquote canvas like backwards and up, you know, mm -hmm. upward and back. Um, and I'll paint on both sides of the canvas and color will bleed through. It's all very wet. So, which is why it's on the floor and it'll, um, soak up color from the drop cloth below so each painting in a way is like a palimpsest of, of previous paintings that come through um that's why it's very difficult for me to repeat a painting exactly like if you asked me to replicate this painting because it there's so many things that went into it including what the drop cloth looked like right. when it when i started paint when i placed my canvas on top of it um and then at some point i will stretch the basically stretch it over the frame and then continue to work in it um and it will still at that point be flat on the ground uh because it's very very wet and then when it dries or mostly dries i can hang it on the wall and then work into it with 
some dry media. Sometimes they use an airbrush to light in certain parts. So from the transition um, of the works on paper and was it 2016 when, or 2017 when you, when you were around then, what, what, uh, had you ever experimented with the raw pigments prior? Um, like in, when you were in undergrad or? Um, no, certainly not when I was in school. Basically I had a friend, I think it was around that time I had a friend go to Morocco and she brought me back this gift of these six, um, unmarked little vials of powdered, what she called pigments, right? Um, so she's like, this is crushed flowers. This is crushed seashells. This is lapis mixed with turmeric. I have no idea if it's actually what those things were. Mm -hmm. Um, but I started to use those and the colors were so bright and very different than ink or watercolor. Um, on one hand, because they were so bright, but also because they weren't bound with any, any stabilizing kind of thing, they would push, they would push, they would like, almost like the colors would fight. Mm -hmm. Um, and they would have these amazing kind of drawing patterns, um, on the paper at that point, because I was working on paper. And as I began to run out of those, um, in lieu of not going to Morocco, which I was all, you know, still as an option, Mm -hmm. I had to find, well, what other materials that I can buy in the store? Can I comp, you know, can I basically sub in? Um, And what I found that the most similar thing was dye here. So powdered dye. Um, And then at times I will also use uh, like powdered pigment. So that's just the pigment without the binder. Um, So it's my process is full of experimentation, using things wrongly, making up my new way of painting, like I've been venting things. Um, And and that's how I've come up with the way I paint today. Right. But um, where had you gone to, uh, if you feel like talking about like your undergrad or what do you, do you, did you go to art school at a certain point? I did. I went a little bit later. So um, I basically did some extra years of school at the Art Institute of Chicago. So I'd already kind of been um, to school at, at the University of Pennsylvania and I'd gotten a BA um, in something visual communications or something right. of like, I don't know what I'm, I really want to make art, but I'm at this school, so I will do this, which was a great school. But um, so then I went uh, for two years at the Art Institute of Chicago and then applied to grad school. And by the time um, I was applying to grad school, you know, I'd, I'd always been raised, you go to the best schools, you know, whatever you can get into, um, that's kind of how you pick your schools. And, you know, the Art Institute of Chicago was great and I learned so much and i really learned how to fight for my work um and then when i came time to choose a grad school i actually went a completely different route i went to school in ireland at this tiny tiny uh master's program um in the west coast of ireland you know my i had a professor at the art institute of chicago that was like you may like this school it's kind of like you're on an island and that's kind of like how you live so you should try, you should check it out. And so that's the school I went to. Um, and it, I really wanted a school that I could learn what it is that was important to me, not just what was important to the industry or not just what that was important to, um, 
the school even. Right. And were you producing, do you think that was the beginning of the work that you're producing today or um, the type of work that you were doing in grad school or was it, was it, were you already doing that I mean, like I was, kind of an undergrad or well during that time period? I was working in um, watercolors primarily at uh, in grad school. So that was that definitely, you know, kind of continued on. Um, so your friend that got you those, um, those pigments from Morocco, does, does, does that friend own some of your pieces or? She has a small piece. Yeah. yeah? Okay. Yeah. But it was, but it was so pivotal. Yeah. It, it really was. Um, yeah. And you know, that, that didn't necessarily spark the move back to canvas, but it did, um, it did inter introduce this element of chance and this element of kind of invention back into my work. Um, not that it was ever wholly missing, but it really helped me focus on like, oh, that is what is interesting to me, like the symbiotic relationship with my materials. So what what can I control amidst this chaos that is happening? Right. So, I mean, the pieces that uh, you have on your Instagram and the pieces that are in Shrine, um, they range from figurative and, you know, faces and abstractions. And, uh, you know, I think the piece that was that piece that was at the armory, like of the matches and matchsticks or mm -hmm. that, that piece. Um, do you want to talk about your subject matter and um, uh, briefly? Yeah. So my work has always been mostly figurative. Um, it's usually, I would say, primarily figure-based, um, though at times I will get kind of sick of the figure, you know, and and want to take it out. It's almost that, like, the environment uh, consumes the figure and, and there's no figure there anymore. Or there is, but it's just a hint of it. Mm -hmm. um, I My previous sh show with Shrine, the online one, was all, it really took fire as its main theme, so at least in terms of visually so there was a lot of the fire paintings and one that you saw at the armory kind of harkens back to that um which is not gone uh it from me it just comes when it comes mm -hmm. um but my work you know it's always kind of this it's really about like the in-between right? Like the, of the like world that I can see and then the world that exists that I can't see, but that maybe I can only feel. It, um, during your process of painting and using the pigments and or the colors, do the images appear from that, uh, like while you're in the process? Because uh, I would guess that you're not sketching prior to the painting. Yeah, there's like no planning. So <laughs> there's, there's very little. And, and just intuitiveness and. Yeah, uh, you know, there's been times in my um, career that I have used more photographic references um, and that things get a little more realistic. And, and sometimes if I need um, a face or a hand or whatever, mm -hmm. like I will look for a photographic reference. I find that when I'm like solely using that or kind of leaning too heavily on that the work gets very tight um and it stops doing for me what i want it to do mm -hmm. um so uh 
there I may look start a piece let's say I get you know like for the show I gave myself these prompts of like okay it was all going to be figures and it was they were all going to take up the space of the frame in a in some way so it was like how did they fill the frame um but beyond that uh, what that actually looks like is more of an intuitive process. So I will often do like one kind of pass of paint or marks or just stuff that happens, you know, what you'd call an underpainting of some sort. Um, mm -hmm. And then look at it, stare at it in many moons, you know, sometimes. And until like what it wants to be becomes more apparent. And then I have to give it room to completely change as I'm going. You know. Right. Um, so the I mentioned that the first time we had met was um, you actually visited the my project space on 21st Street, maybe in 2021 to to visit uh, Costa Rican artist Pia Shavaria. And um, thanks for attending and checking out the show. And I thank you yeah, in your support. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, Pia, Pia is a huge fan and, and she you know, she invited you to see her work and yeah. I spoke with her last week and she has a few questions. I, I think that we've probably already talked about some of the things that she asked, but um, one one question that um, she wanted me to ask you is uh, the, the notion of uh, repetition in your work and um, like how, like what, what do you understand from, from repetition and, and how it helps you progress in your, in your work? Um, that's yeah. a thank you pia for the questions um i you know the thing what i what i find with repetition is that it it takes away um some of the noise so like often with my figures or with the shapes that are created within my work i think of them kind of as like the scaffolding of a building so it's like the bones or the skeleton. Um, I, scaffolding, I think, is a better analogy, but mm -hmm. it's like the mm -hmm. and then and then whatever structure. It's a structure, and then I can kind of go crazy within that, right? Or let the materials do what they do within that. So when I it's you know when I repeat an image, um, I already have that structure. Right. And then I can kind of work into that and, and let the other things happen. So to me, it's like it's a benefit. At the same time, I'm really not interested in making the same painting over and over and over again. Um, I find that very difficult and but also not exciting mm -hmm. to me. So, you know, so there's always the kind of the give and take with that. Right. Um another question that she wanted me to ask was um i mean are there for for you or for all the artists or all the painters out there myself included just uh, is there ever a time where you feel like tired or 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 bored of of painting um and if you do then how does it make you feel do you have to push through or um i don't know take a break or or go to another location and hopefully we can talk about the residencies that you've been part of as well and that, but uh, if you feel like answering this question. Yeah, I mean, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, uh, you know, oh man, there's, there, when, 
when you know you reach a point of um even like uninspiration you know when you you reach a place where you're like ah like i like nothing's working sometimes i'm like i don't remember how to paint how does one paint i like you know and i i think that this kind of stuff isn't necessarily talked about um so but i've always been one to talk about it because it is such a big part i think of my creative process is the dips and the ebbs and flows you know of of the creativity um right. I so, yeah i mean i guess well it kind of made me think of this painting teacher i had and at rutgers joan semmel and she just said just always produce and always make work and just keep just yeah like the ebbs and flows you're talking about and yeah i mean i that is what i do i basically just continue working okay. um and some of it's good and some of it's not you know and and that and i try to allow that to be okay um yeah. that it's mm -hmm. inhumane of me to expect from myself that everything i make is yeah, yeah. is genius mm -hmm. um but it's also important to take breaks and i'm not great at that um but you know even instituting like oh i'm gonna go take a walk and go get coffee like for me it's important to slow down my process to you know not just always keep pushing through so in general i want to keep making work but in the moment you know to allow some slowness to mm -hmm. it um and allow some space you know do you for... feel like when you have uh the you know deadlines and shows coming up um do you ever i mean i guess you do feel overwhelmed sometimes with the uh, work that you have to produce for shows and um... yeah always yeah <laughs> i don't do well with deadlines i mean some people like them they're you know mm -hmm, a kick mm -hmm. in the butt and you can you know really just work and uh, for me it is it tends more to the stifling kind of thing because what i really want to because exploration and play and um, investigation is so important to my process and to each painting. I want to be able to, I need to be able to have the space to do that. Um, so, yeah, um, speaking of space, uh, you mentioned that your studio is located in Bushwick and that's been a conducive environment for you to produce? Yeah, I, I'm in a great building. I've been there for maybe six years or so, um, but I've always been in Bushwick in various uh, studios but my my it was important to me with this studio that it was a private space so that the walls went all the way up to the ceiling you know there's some studio buildings where you have that 12 inch gap or mm -hmm, whatever mm -hmm. um and then this year uh i feel very fortunate that i a small glorified closet space they call it a studio but it's quite small opened up in the floor beneath me mm -hmm. so i use that as storage great um, yeah. so that was great to be able to move out some stuff and so now i can mainly just work in my right. studio totally yeah but you know i i know that i can anticipate your next question which is does it work in inspiration wise um right? or something like that? i think that um yeah that's that that would be i mean new york city i think is yeah. probably i mean the environment new york city and making this work because i'm aware that you have um done how many residencies in the past like been like countless or I, not like... countless but um uh but about i mean i've been going on residencies since like 2009 or so so i don't go i mean there's years that i didn't go every year mm -hmm. um uh but 
they're a very important part of my creative flow um, because I go in resident, I basically choose residencies that are in rural areas and that are out of the city because um, New York has been very good to me. You know, it's been very good to my career and to my life and, you know, and, and numerous other things. However, in terms of inspiration, um, I love and kind of need to be in nature in some way. Uh, really, that is what seems to feed the work. But of course, I also need the balance of the urban environment as well. So the residencies give me this month to get a different rhythm, to really kind of experience being a body in a wider world instead of in, you know, kind of like a small I mean, New York, yeah. I know it's large, but it, it feels more, it's more condensed. It's more and, condensed. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, well said. And uh, I think a couple of weeks ago you were in uh, at a residency in Long Island, right? Like right right on the, the ocean. I was, yeah. That was just a week-long residency. Um, but it was wonderful to be at. It was on the, the sound. So it was, you know, my bedroom and my... Um, studio were like I don't, 15 feet from the water uh were, so you, was, were you there solo um not with your part your spouse I was um, not with my spouse mm -hmm. there is a there was a playwright that was at a different space but kind of also part of the the residency but it was mainly like a solo venture um it was through Soundview it's a hotel but they also do like a week-long become an artist residency um nice. It's a week for me is too little to actually adjust and to to find you know to make new work mm. but it uh but having come just on the heels of opening the show and this big push to get these paintings ready it, it was a great place to just absorb some a different environment you you were also in the uh elizabeth murray residency is that correct or? yeah what uh, can you talk about that for a minute? That was, that's a great residency. I encourage everyone to apply. Um, it is in the Elizabeth Murray is a you know was a great artist, um, abstract artist, and this is her and her family's uh, farmhouse basically. So it's in upstate New York, um, and it's run. The residency itself is run by Collar Works. Collar Works is in Troy. Uh, but this residency is north of that. And there's about, I think there's about six of us or five of us. Um, and then the residency coordinator and the studios are in the barn where she painted. You can still see remnants of her last painting like on the walls and you know, it's in the books. Like, you know, you have access to her library. Oh, wow. It was, it was two weeks, which is only a week longer, you know, than Soundview. But it, I think, you know, it, it was, it was wonderful. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, so, so you would encourage artists to apply to residencies. You know, I have never done it. I've never done it. So yeah. yeah but I don't know what's stopping me. Well, I, I guess the, what the application process, it's like, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. I mean, or there's so many obstacle, rejections but, with, yeah. with, you know, you have to kind of, you have to do the applications and then you have to, where do, do you so think is the best way of finding uh, all these up just look online and um... yeah i mean i 
find them through Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like someone will post something, but there's also uh, websites. Like someone just asked me today. So um, like Res Artiste, I think it's called, or Art, mm -hmm. Artist Res or something. Oh, yeah. um, but Search. I think it's actually, if you Google artist residency, it's like one of the third, um, I think number three on Google. It's basically this database of residencies like all over the world. There's a ton of information. So you really, what I find is nice is like, I'll choose places where I'd want to go. Like, oh, I want to go to Wyoming. Um, mm -hmm. So I did it. And then I looked through like, what are the residencies in Wyoming? Um, and I ended up doing one at Gentel, um, which was wonderful. And that actually was like, I felt like really changed my work, that one. Oh, um, okay. Uh, but yeah. What year was that? 2019. 2019, yeah. okay. At that point, you know, previous to that residency, I felt like um, my work was very much really focused on the figure and spending time in that land, right? Like the sky so big, like there's all this, that residency has a thousand acres that you could just ramble in. Um, I really got a sense of myself in, or the figure in, in the environment. So what I found was as a result of, or inspired, being inspired there that, um, it, that my work stopped being focused solely on the figure right? And more about the figure's relationship to a wider environment. Um, yeah. Right. Um, well, there's definitely a presence when you see Lauren's work in person. Uh, that's what I felt in Shrine. Like there, some pieces are pretty powerful. And I think that, uh, do you think that some of them are, are, are there any uh, references to your, I mean, yourself, like any kind of um, self-portraiture in any of your work, you think, at all? Or is it just, uh, I mean, in the work, it's like some, it's, I, I'm not sure why I think of like, I don't know, I don't, I'm, I hope it's, I mean, I think of like slightly like James Ensor a little bit or Gustav Klimt and like just slightly macabre and even like a little like, um, maybe like that one picture I can't think of, it's like, it's not Toulouse Lautrec, but there's like this like, I don't know if it was like an absent drinker, like green face. Like mm, what's mm -hmm. that? What's that? Who, I don't know who made yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like some of that, um, some of some modernist type like flashes kind of, um, you know, just spring to mind like in a powerful way um, for for some of the pieces, right? some of the some of the the gazes right. from the figures. Yeah, I don't shy away from like. I guess what you would call like the darkness. I mean, it's it's kind of like uh, embracing it all. Mm -hmm. um, and what I, you know, I can make like the the colors are, you know, they can go with the pinks or the purples or the blues, but there's what it depicts might be. They're not like. There's like this beautiful mood created. Yeah. I mean, so the work um, I think it's a really, you, you can tell me, but it's a very different experience seeing it in person than it is seeing it on Instagram. Um, because like you mentioned, when we first started talking, it, 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 because it is dye and powdered pigment, it really, it, it, um, seeps into the fabric, right? You know, it yeah. doesn't sit on top of it. So an acrylic painting an oil painting, you know, you are, you are basically painting on top of the fabric, right? You, you gesso, then you put 
your paint on top of it, mm -hmm. right? This, A, I'm not gessoing. So it's just the just the fabric. And then it it uh is it's dyed, right? Right. It's seeped into that. Um so they are matte, you know, and you're really looking at the fabric. Um and it's so it's just different. Yeah, know, no, I, it totally yeah. I mean it's it's I mean, with the process you you described for many artists or many painters, it's the application of gesso and layers on top. And yours is kind of uh, the fabric or the, the the muslin or the canvas becomes the piece, like because it's it's being dyed. Right. So I love this, yeah the 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 surface and how it you said it seeps through. I, I think of like bleeding through, and yeah. it just becomes one with the uh, with the piece, and it's a it's a cool effect and. Um, and we, yeah, we might have discussed briefly, like before we started the interview, is that, uh, yeah, there's there's not like this um, application of paint on top of the painting, so there's there's no gestures or, um, or any kind of um, any 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 type of topical application of paint, right? So, well, there there is or, um, with, the, with the airbrush you mentioned, or there's the airbrush. But why I like the airbrush, right, is that it it's kind of seamless with the with the fabric, it mm -hmm. doesn't so much sit on top of it. Mm -hmm. So you won't find any, at this point, any surface texture, right? Like coming out from the fabric, but there are gestural moves in there, right? I do paint with a brush um, a lot. And, mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes you'll see marks made with, let's say the pigment or something. So you will see marks, like, so the gestural marks, but you won't, they won't be like raised off the surface. Right. Yeah. So um, let's see. I think that uh, usually I end it with uh, any types of any type of like advice you would give to some uh, up and coming artists that are either getting out of art school or in art school. Um, uh, yeah. Um, my advice is always just keep going. You know, my process, my uh, career has been i i feel like i'm a, a late bloomer obviously there are well i'm an i don't even want to say i've bloomed yet you know mm -hmm, but mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. it's you know i'm not 20 years old right out of grad school i didn't even go to grad school at 22 or 23 or whenever people did um so what was always just most important to me was to keep making the work so that is what i have done consistently throughout my career um and when people pay attention like they are at this moment you know it's it's wonderful um and, and complicated and brings up all other things but i think the most important thing is that you just keep going right uh i i you did have one ceramic sculpture in your exhibition at shrine gallery which again closes on march 25th uh shrine gallery is located on 179 east broadway in new york city um and on your Instagram, you do have some some you, you make small scale ceramic sculptures. Um, do you want to talk about that for a second? Yeah, yeah. So, and that actually to go back to you know one of his, I think her second question about like what do I do when I'm like stuck or or whatever. Mm -hmm. It is great for me to have these like these two modes of working. So like when I in the past like when I can't paint, I would do sculpture and vice versa. I can also translate maybe a painting into a sculpture. So the sculpture in shrine, the shape of it kind of mirrors 
there's a painting behind it. Mm. Um, so that was a starting off point for me with the sculpture. It was like, okay, I want to have it roughly this shape. But it's just this fun other way of working that is very different. And, you know, ceramics is a much slower process. You have to be more calculated. But there's this thing that happens with glazing. When I put it in the kiln, now, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I was never schooled in ceramics. I don't, I'm not the most knowledgeable. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't even say I'm knowledgeable. Um, so I will just kind of do stuff. And then I put it in the kiln and who knows what's going to come out, you know, A, it could explode, but, um, but also like with the glazing, I mean, it's all about fire and oxygen and reductions and all this. So there's this element of chance and unknown, which is, you know, related back to my paintings. Right. right where like i can do so much i do so much and then it's also about like what the material itself wants to do well excellent um so this is brian leo speaking with lauren erdrick and check out her her instagram handle it's uh okay lauren right that's okay l-o-r-e-n and you can see her work you can stop by her current exhibition and can uh, i say that yeah. um you know my gallery shrine, uh, they have just opened up a new space in Tribeca, which is gorgeous. And so I'm the last show at their old space. So their new space is in Tribeca, but I'm in the Lower East Side space at 179 East Broadway. Right. So Shrine is opening up a new space in Tribeca. Are they going to be also partnering with the Sergeant's Daughter there or? No, this is their own space. Okay. Yeah. So they'll have, the, so Sergeant's Daughter is going to take over the whole of the yeah original uh, shrine yeah. space and then shrine has moved in to this new space that's gorgeous in and Tribeca. shrine just opened shrine and sergeant's daughter just opened up in los angeles too right yes yeah, so it, they and they have a joint venture in los angeles so they'll be continuing their working relationship in los angeles and in new york now they'll be separate yeah do you hope to do a show in los angeles someday with shrine or yeah i mean yeah. well i'm i you know i'm we'll open. see yeah who knows yeah. the world is is open and we'll see what's in store yeah well thank you for talking and uh thank you to noah becker at white hot magazine for um allowing us to conduct this interview and um everyone have a great day